Welcome back to Plug Talk. I'm your host, Cedric, better known as Chief Cookies. That's my Twitter handle. Make sure you guys give me a follow. Make sure you guys rate, subscribe, and review my podcast. Please subscribe if you haven't so you can get updated whenever I'm dropping episodes. This week, we got a great matchup between Dallas and the 49ers, and I think this is going to be a great game. Uh, We got Nick Bosa versus Michael Parsons. We got Debo. We got Diggs. We got McCaffrey, Trent Williams, you know, Dak Prescott. So many good players in this divisional round. And I think this is going to be a great game. We got the 49ers favored by four. And we're going to see that they're the home team. They bullied the Cowboys last year in the playoffs. But I think these are two total different teams on the 49ers side. They now have McCaffrey, which is just another weapon added to their team. The Cowboys side, I think they're a better team than they were last year. We have some key matchups. Nick Bosa versus the Cowboys left tackle rookie Tyler Smith. Now, Nick Bosa, I think, will kill this guy in pass rush situations, although Tyler Smith has actually played pretty well. But Nick Bosa is the defensive player of the year. He's going to get his wins on Tyler Smith. I do think that the Cowboys can run the ball against Nick Bosa with Tyler Smith. Tyler Smith is a very powerful run-blocking left tackle. So I think the Cowboys definitely need to try their hand with rushing the ball at Nick. Nick is a really good player, but Tyler definitely has him beat in the strength and weight category. And you can't run away from Nick because he'll just run down every play backside. Same thing with Micah Parsons. You have to run at both of these guys. I I know Tyler Smith can move this guy off the line of scrimmage. So if I'm Dallas, I'm looking to run the ball against Nick. And in pass rush situations, you're going to have to give him a little help. I don't think chipping works against Nick. I think he has a better idea of how to rush when chipping. I will leave him one-on-one. We also have Debo versus Diggs. Now, this is not a matchup that I expect the Cowboys to draw often simply because Diggs doesn't play in the slot much. Debo's constantly motioning, motioning. He's constantly in the slot. He's in the backfield. I don't think this is a matchup you would really get. I think there's a better chance Diggs is on Ayuk and Debo is going to be matched up on an array of different guys because they move him around so much. Christian McCaffrey versus the Cowboys linebackers and safeties is also a matchup to watch. It's a mismatch. Uh, Christian McCaffrey is a mismatch on anybody, to be honest with you. And we have Micah Parsons versus Trent Williams, which this is literally the inverse of Tyler Smith versus Nick Bosa. Trent Williams is a very strong left tackle, very good in the run game, very good in the pass game. If I'm Dallas, I really wouldn't spend too much time with Micah over there. I think I put him over there, but Micah's the type of player I want to have moved all over the place. I want to have him on the left side. I want to have him on the right side. I want to have him playing linebacker. I want to have him rushing inside. That's how he unlocks his capabilities, when he's able to have a feel for the game, when he's able to bat balls down, he's able to get pressures, he's able to just be all over the place and make that offense consider where Micah is. It's a lot easier if you just post Mike on the edge And now the offense doesn't really have to make too many adjustments as to what their play was. They could just say, we're going to run away from Micah or we're going to run right at Micah because Micah has had some issues in the past defending the run. And they know that. 
So if I'm Dallas, I'm moving Micah around. I'm moving Micah around so much so that I'm going to threaten to blow up your plays. I'm going to put Micah on the weak side of your formation and force you to make make sure there's somebody on him. I, Dallas should want to make sure that the Niners start adjusting their plays accordingly. You want them reacting to where Micah is. You don't want to just post Micah up on the edge. Obviously, in pass rushing situations, you'll have him against Tripp Williams at times. I would put him inside rushing and create some pressure on Purdy immediately inside and make him move off his spot. I would also play games with Micah where sometimes he's over Trent and he's dropping out. Sometimes he's coming. Sometimes he's crossing his face. You cannot just sit him there and he'd be a lame duck. Now, one thing to consider is the Niners have been on an 11-game win streak. And they're a really good team. They've been able to rally around this rookie quarterback. They have so many great skill players. This scheme is chef's kiss. Kyle Shanahan is one of my favorite play callers in the league just because he's so creative. And he makes it so easy on the quarterback. I think a lot of coordinators could take a lot out of Kyle if they study his game plan. Just if you simply... Look at clips of Kyle's run game, his run scheme. There's so many versatile ways to run the ball. Wide zone, uh, running weak zone, the crackbacks, the motions. Kyle Shanahan is simply the best play caller in the league. There's there's no doubt about that. Uh, what I will say for this 11-game win streak, since Purdy has stepped in as a starter, I'm going to read you off the, the six teams that they've played. Buccaneers. Seahawks, Commanders, Raiders, Cardinals, Seahawks. Now, the Commanders, when they played the Commanders, that's Taylor Heineke at quarterback. The Bucks, we just seen what happened last week. You know, Tom is the GOAT. Tom can't really move anymore. The Buccaneers weren't really a good team, if I'm not mistaken. They were 8-9. and nine. That's below 800, I mean, below 500 team. Uh, the Seahawks, they've played twice now because they're a divisional team, or three times, actually. They're a divisional team. When they played the Raiders and that went to overtime, that was Stidham at quarterback. When they played the Cardinals, that was David Blow at quarterback. Now, I'm not taking anything from the Niners. It's very hard to win in the league, much less win 11 straight games. But I think we got to peel the layer back here a little bit because... Some of these teams, even with these backup quarterbacks, move the ball on this ultimate number one all-time great San Francisco defense. If you really want to peel back the layers, let's look at the Raiders game in itself the, the on, on New Year's, which went to overtime. The 49ers gave up 500 total yards that game on defense and 135 rushing yards. That, to me, doesn't sound like a top-end defense, giving up 500 total yards. Just last week, playing the Seahawks, the game was 17-16 going in a half, and the Seahawks were moving the ball with no issues. And in fact, in the third quarter, when the Seahawks got the ball, they were driving right down the field. And then you get the biggest play in the game in the, in the strip sack, on Geno, and the Seahawks were never really able to bounce back after that. Now, when I rattle off those last six teams that the 49ers have played since Purdy started, I do that to show 
the Niners haven't really had their back up against the wall. You know, they haven't really had to chase points. And if the for the real Niner fans out there, if you're watching that playoff game last week, you're starting to get a little taste of what Brock Purdy is in terms of him being a seventh round pick. See, here's the thing about the Niners and the Rams and a lot of teams, you know, the Vikings, uh, Cleveland with Stefanski. For these teams that run this wide zone, everything is predicated off of this wide zone run. And they're not drop back passing teams. They're not built for that. Everything is predicated off this zone run. Once they get the zone run going, they get their play action boots going. They get their deception going. They start going the other way. They have screens. Everything's predicated off of the short pass and run after catch. It's very West Coast-like. So when a team like the Niners and a team like the Rams, when they have to chase points, they're a different team. Now, last year, when the Rams have Cup and you have Beckham, it's a little different. You know, you have Stafford. It's a little different because not only did you have the best receiver in the league in Cup, but you also have the best complimentary receiver you could have in Odell. When you look at the Niners, you have probably the best skilled players in the league. Kittle, Debo, Ayuk, Juszczyk. It just goes on. McCaffrey, Mitchell. It goes on and on and on. But here's the thing. They've been able to overcome this whole year because of those skilled players and because of the scheme, because Kyle Shanahan is just such a great coach. But I'm telling you, if the 49ers get in a position where they have to chase points, we're all going to see a different team. And more than anything, we're going to see a different party because we were already starting to see it last week against the Seahawks. When that pressure started getting on him, and when the drives are going and you go three and out or you're settling for three and the other team's still scoring, there's some pressure for you to score. And you can see it in Purdy. He started making a lot of questionable throws. I mean, he's feeling pressure. What I, what I noticed last week, he loves to bail out. When he feels pressure inside, he loves to bail out left. He'll spin out left. And he's not cold. Like, you could tell he's a rookie because he's forcing the ball downfield. Some throws you you'd never supposed to do. He was a little excited. And in the first half, the Niners had 28 passing plays. And I was just so surprised because their strength is in the run game. And maybe that's Kyle trying to get Purdy settled in and get him some easy throws. But when Purdy has to make plays, and I don't know what it is about Purdy. I feel like he feels like he has to be the playmaker. It's all on his shoulders, which is ironic because there's so many great players around him. I think he has just a natural instinct to play hero ball when he feels a little pressure like that and when they're chasing points. And I'm telling you, I know we've all been amazed with this kid, you know, these last six, seven, eight weeks of the season. We're going to see a new guy if they have to chase points, if he has to score, if they have to have a drop back pass game and they're not able to run all their favorite stuff. They're not able to run their wide zone. They're not able to get their quick passes out. They're going to be in trouble. If this pass rush for Dallas can start to get after him, it's going to be a tough one for him. I'm telling you, it's going to be a rough day for him because he hasn't seen that he... at What, what team? The Bucks, the Seahawks, the Commanders, the Raiders, Cardinals, Seahawks. Who's challenging them? What pass rush? What team speed has challenged the 49ers. 
None of these teams have team speed like that. Best best defense they played was the Bucks, and that was Purdy's first start eight weeks ago. You know, and they're a very aggressive defense that can be had if you have the right blitz beaters. But I'm telling you right now, they have not been tested in that way. They haven't faced a team with some team speed. And look, the Cowboys have team speed, and this could all well be relevant if the Niners are able to run the ball. If they're able to stay in a manageable position where they're not chasing points, they're, they're able to stay ahead of the chains. They're able to stay ahead in points. But if they go down three or six or they go down a possession, you're going to see some urgency because you cannot afford to keep playing your game at that point. If they go down six and then they go down three and out and let's say they now go down nine. It's a different team. Kyle Shanahan can no longer give Purdy layups. He no longer can just sit and run the ball. Sure, you can. You can. But if that drive now also ends in only three or zero points, now it's even more magnified. Now, I think this game is going to be closer than what people think. I know a lot of you know mass media, a lot of Niner fans are really... They're, they wanted this matchup, you know? They wanted the Cowboys matchup. They feel like they could just bully the Cowboys. They feel like they they matched the Cowboys well, which I agree. But we're going to see because I'm telling you, you don't have Jimmy from last year. And Jimmy, is he, he has some of the same faults. But Jimmy is at least a veteran. And he's not going to have these habits of a rookie, of a seventh-round pick. Like, let's not forget, as good as this kid is, He's the last pick in the draft, you know? Is it Kyle Shanahan or is it Purdy? Is it a little bit of both? I think it's a little bit of both for them. I think this kid has a bright future. But you cannot forget that he's a rookie and he has some limitations. One of the other interesting nuggets is the 49ers, with, they don't have the dropback passing game. They don't have receivers that run down the field either. I like Ayuk a lot. If anyone can do it, it's Ayuk. You know, Kittle can run up the seams of the defense as well as Debo can, but you don't have anyone that can get downfield. And besides that, Purdy's not a guy to throw it downfield. He has a limited arm. He's a smaller guy. You don't want that. And this is all the result of what can happen if they get down at all. If there's a turnover, turnovers are going to be huge in this game. Whoever gets them, going to be huge to determine who wins this game. Because if it's a turnover for Dallas, it, in my opinion, puts the game out of reach if they score off that. If it's a turnover for the Niners in which Dallas gets the ball and scores, the whole game plan changes. Now, if I'm Dan Quinn in Dallas's defense, last week I recommended them playing a lot of cover two, having a lot of eight, eight men drop down, playing some dime, playing coverage where there's a lot of hands and passing windows for Tom, where he has to hold the ball. This week, I'm playing physical man coverage, single high coverage. I'm playing everything tight. I'm playing in your face. And we're going to make Purdy throw the ball in tight windows. We're going to make sure everything's contested. It's like running a full press or half court press in defense. We are going to contest every pass. We're going to be in your hip pocket. And you may get beat sometimes, but there's no easy throws. 
you know that San Francisco wants to throw the ball underneath, short passes, slants, drags, rubs, play action boots. The the biggest plays they get, the most explosive play, they come off play action boots. They come off some sort of play action and then run after the catch. They're not throwing the ball downfield. And once again, if I'm Dallas, you know, some people would be scared to play the single high because you're leaving your corners on an island. I welcome it. Even with Dallas's cornerback two situation, I welcome it. You're going to prove to me that you can make a play down the field before I play some soft coverage. Because I'm telling you, you have to play in their face. They're not a team that goes downfield anyway. They're going to be awkward at it because this is not something they do, right? It's like asking a pass-heavy team to run the ball. It's not something they've done all year. They're not going to be natural at it. There's going to be some mishaps there. The line's not used to blocking that way, right? So I'm welcoming all smoke down the field if I'm Dallas's defense. I'm playing everything tight. I'm making Purdy hold on to that ball because there's tight coverage. And when he holds on to that ball, it's an extra tick for their pass rush to get there. I'm also going to make Micah rush from inside on pass rushing downs if Dallas can get to pass rushing downs because they might just get ran all over. If Dallas can get to pass rushing downs, I'm putting Micah in that A gap because I don't even know. I don't, you know, Niners have a good line. I don't know who their centers and guards are. You know, that's one of the beauties to zone running scheme, which, you know, for all my listeners out there that don't really know, I encourage you to educate yourself on some of this stuff. Zone running scheme, there's a lot of deception to it. You know, you can make a uh, average line look above average. And it's all because in zone run scheme, there's a lot of cutoff blocks. There's a lot of angle blocks. There's a lot of shielding off people. There's a lot of getting the defense to go one way and you go the other way. So yes, the Niners have a really good line. They do. And they, they're really good at what they do. But when you take out Trent Williams, you know, you have to really ask yourself, Who's on this line? Who's on this line that you know? You know what I mean? Mike McGlinchey was a high pick five years ago, but he has his struggles. He can't really move that well. He's a really big guy. Their strength is run blocking. You get them out their game plan. You get Michael rushing inside. All of a sudden, you get Purdy belling out that pocket. You get him off his spot. And he's also, Purdy's also not the type. He's not a veteran. You know, play with his eyes a little bit. Show them show him some some rolling and coverage, you know, show them some blitzing linebackers that may drop out. Play with the line, have a three man down front with a lot of bodies at the line of scrimmage. Once you're able to play the game within the game, once you're able to start making Purdy pay more attention to that stuff instead of playing the game, you have the upper hand. And I'm telling you, once he gets off his spot, he has a tendency to want to roll out to the left. If I'm Dallas, early on, I'm going to send a nickel blitz off the slot because, and I'm going to play what happens for for their hots. And what hot means is a hot read. Purdy's looking at a certain read and he's letting it go quickly because of pressure. That's a hot read. For San Francisco's hot reads, they're slants, they're in-breaking routes. When Dallas runs that slot, nickel blitz, you tell that safety 
or linebacker, whoever's covering that slot, man, you break on everything inside. You stay at a certain six yards off because they're going to have to play off because it's going to be zone. You stay off or maybe, man, but you break like hell on everything. And if you get beat deep, it is what it is. But you're going to have to make them respect that blitz, that pressure, and you already know what their tendencies are as far as their hots. So you break on that slant. You you break on that drag because even if it's not there, he has no time to come off of that read. That nickel blitz is coming for him. And if you feel any other pressure, he's going to roll right into it. Now, if I'm the Niners offense and Kyle Shanahan, which Kyle Shanahan does not need any advice from me, I'm running at Parsons. I'm running right at him, not away from him. Just like Nick Bosa, because these guys are so athletic, so fast, so explosive. They'll just run down everything backside. I'm attacking digs on outside plays, whether it's a screen, whether it's a zone run, whether I have a guard pulling come right at him, whether it's a bubble. I'm everything I'm doing. First play of the game, I'm attacking digs because digs doesn't want to tackle. Diggs doesn't want to run fit. He doesn't want to get messy in there. He doesn't want to touch none of that. So you definitely have to produce plays that go right at Diggs. Make sure you throw a toss right at Diggs. Throw a screen right at Diggs. You attack Diggs because out of all the players on this Dallas defense, he's the one that does not want to tackle. I would also attack cornerback two for Dallas, whoever that may be, because they've been reeling at their cornerback two spot for a while. They can't cover deep. And the coverage you're going to get from Dallas is a deep third or man coverage. You got to attack that guy, whoever he is. Attack that scene with Ayuk. Ayuk's going to be better than... If, if they don't have digs on Ayuk, he's going to be able to beat whoever that other corner is handily, easily. So if you're San Francisco, you have to attack their cornerback two. You have to attack digs. You have to stretch Dallas's defense horizontally. They really struggle with motions, eye candy, misdirection. They also, like San Francisco, get flowing in one direction. And everyone knows that Dallas struggles with motions and eye candy. So you got to attack them horizontally. You don't want Purdy throwing the ball more than 32 times. If I was a betting man, I'll tell you right now, if I was a betting man, I'd tell you if Purdy throws the ball over 32 times, that's a loss for, for the Niners. That's a loss because you only got about 32 throws in you before bad stuff starts happening with Purdy because he's not built to throw that many times. The 49ers offense, that's not their strength. That would also indicate that the 49ers have been chasing points, that they've been down. More situations for pass rush for Dallas, which is their strength. You definitely want to use Debo and McCaffrey on the same side to manipulate coverage, to make it to where you can't double either guy. And I think Kittle's the ultimate X factor. Kittle on Van Der Esch. Kittle on whatever linebacker Dallas wants to throw out there. It's a problem. Kittle in the run game. It's a problem. Kittle is the ultimate X factor. I'm going to say it one more time. Kittle is the ultimate X factor of this game. 
because Dallas has no answer for Kittle. And he does everything that Debo does, that Ayuk does, the run after catch. But the deception that comes with Kittle is in the 49ers base offense, he's in line. So a lot of times people don't realize he's running routes from the line of scrimmage. Telling you now, if I was the Niners, the first person I'd be getting involved is Kittle. Play action, right to Kittle. He's a physical son of a gun. The run after catch is amazing. He's bigger than anyone out there, especially in red zone. Kittle will be the problem. If you want to throw him that little shovel pass down in the red zone where you fake it outside and shovel it into him inside, Kittle, Kittle will be the best player on the Niners if they win this game. Because the Niners have such great skill players that can run after catch and Ayuk and McCaffrey and Debo and Kittle, the key for the Dallas defense is going to be tackling. If they struggle tackling, if there's a lot of missed tackles, the Niners will win this game easily because that's when a five-yard gain turns into a 50-yard gain. We just seen last week Debo catches a little inside route, little drag. Little, it was no more than maybe six to seven yards if he fell right there where he caught it. And off to the races, it goes all the way. On the outside zone run to Debo, Ayuk is doing a beautiful, amazing job blocking the backside corner. Debo's off to the races. Look, the Niners are a very physical team. They do what they do well. Dallas is going to have to be able to tackle. Diggs is going to have to be able to tackle. All of their other guys cannot miss tackles. And they're going to have to fight through blocks. This is going to be a dog fight. It's going to be a bar fight. You know what I mean? An alley fight. Now, for the Niners defense, if I'm them, I play Dak soft. A two high zone, a cover two, a man two. Make Dak hold on to the ball in that way. Make their place slowly develop. You play man coverage. You play a little cover two. Maybe a tad bit disguising, but I'll tell you what, they cannot play how they've been playing against teams. The one main thing, observation I always take away when I'm watching their defense, the Niners do not give a fuck. They have Hufunga in the box almost religiously, dude. I mean, he's lining up six yards off the ball like he's a linebacker, but he's their safety. He's their strong safety. And yeah, sometimes they're playing quarters. Sometimes he's bailing out. But I'm here to tell you right now, I'm a USC fan. I know who who Funga is. He is not the guy you want at the snap of the ball rotating back into coverage. He's a player that has to play in the box, who has to come forward, who makes plays on inside breaking routes, who's best coming forward. Now they're using him that way. The only issue is they're not using him in a package that way. They're still using him as a safety that way. It would be different if in a sub package they use Hufunga as an actual linebacker. Therefore, any blown coverages are coming from a linebacker spot, not a safety spot. And there's, I think there's some yards to be had against him. I mean, they just use him so confidently. It's, it's quite amazing to me. Just last week, we seen it with Metcalf. You know, we see Metcalf destroying Charvarius Ward. Hufanga's still in the box. Hufanga's still in the box. And it's like, at what point do you allow your outside corner to keep getting whooped 
because you want to play single high. The other thing is their free safety is Tashawn Gibson. Very old player. Very good player. Smart player. Witty player. But he can't move either. You know, him is if I'm Dallas and they come out in that damn single high. Oh, my God. I love it. If I'm Dak, I love it. I'm licking my chops because outside of Charvarius Ward, who, yes, he may take CD. He may t- take CD. There's a potential he takes CD out the game. I mean, he took Metcalf out the game uh, three or four weeks ago. But we also seen Metcalf serve Charvarius Ward last week. And fun fact, Charvarius Ward is an ex-cowboy. So they, they know his abilities a tad. And even if they, they don't put Charvarius Ward on CD and it's Gallup, that's, that's Gallup's game. You know, going down the field, contested catches. Yes, Charverius Ward is a big guy. So is Michael Gallup. And Michael Gallup jumps elite. You know, like those are the type of plays that Gallup thrives in. You also have T.Y. Hilton, Lenore, and I'm not even sure who the Niners' other corner is. You attack those guys, man. There are a lot of yards to be had on this Niners secondary. I know that we don't realize it. But the strength of the Niners is in their front seven. Bosa, Armstead, Drake Jackson, Fred Warner, uh, Alhir Shakir, whatever that dude's name is. He got a hard. I can never remember that guy's name. Their linebacker. They have two really good linebackers. So the, the strength is in their front seven. But I think their defensive coordinator will be doing them a disservice if they just come out and show they're in cover three and to be quite honest with you that's what they've done all year you know coaches are creatures of habits they do what they do until they get burnt and some of them even after getting burnt won't adjust because they have that much confidence and faith in their scheme we just seen it last week with Metcalf Metcalf's burning the guy do you think the D coordinator gave Hufunga over there to help Traverius Ward do you think they rolled any cover nope we're just gonna keep doing what we do we're just gonna keep playing cover three and that's mouse in the house right there. If Dallas is able to find the mouse in the house on offense, Frisco can be in a little trouble because I do think there's a lot of yards to be given up. Now, that's why I say Frisco, hey, you got to play too high a little bit. You got to play a little man coverage too high with a blanket over the top of that defense. When Dak struggles, it's when there's a lot of bodies in these passing windows, when there's seven to eight guys dropping back and playing coverage. It's why he struggled so bad last year. I'd honestly be amazed if D'Amico Ryans doesn't play the same way that they played last year, playing cover two, playing zone coverage with a lot of eyes on Dak. That's the way you beat him because then you're putting the onus on Dak to be patient for things to develop. You're putting the onus on some of these lesser Cowboys receivers, the Noah Browns of the world, the T.Y. Hiltons, the Gallup. You're putting it on them to separate. You know, so if, if I'm D'Amico Ryans, we're running, we're running cover two. We're dropping a lot of bodies. We're playing coverage. We're making Dak be patient and nickel and dime us. Now, you got to know you're vulnerable at that cornerback position in the slot. I'm interested to see how they play CD. I personally would just play man coverage on Gallup and double and bracket CD. But you got to move Bosa around. You got to secure the edges and stop Pollard. I don't even think 
CD is the key to winning. I don't even think stopping Gallup or Schultz is the key. To, I think the key to winning is limiting the explosive plays from Tony Pollard. If Tony Pollard is out here running 10, 15, 20 yards, that, that's when the Dallas offense is rolling. You know, you got to find a way to secure those edges. Do not let Pollard get outside of you because that's when his biggest plays start to happen. And look, the Niners have the team speed on defense to make it happen. But you cannot let Pollard get rolling, get outside, and start running 5, 5, 7, 10. Before you know it, it's a 30, 40-yard run. Now for Dak, Kellen Moore, McCarthy, and those boys on offense, here's how you got to attack San Francisco on offense. First thing in my notes is tempo. San Francisco loves to run. They're a speed defense. They love to go get going in one direction. If you're able to get positive yardage on a play, three yards, four yards, tempo, tempo. Because what they also love to do is they love to sub out some of their guys. They like to keep their line fresh. So you'll get them trying to sub out guys. And you also have to realize a lot of those guys are used to subbing out. If you run that tempo, it doesn't allow them to sub guys because if they try to sub a guy and you're running tempo, you snap that ball as they're trying to run off the field, and that's a flat. You also have to make sure you're complementary with your inside runs, with Zeke, uh, with Pollard at times. Once you're getting your tempo going, once you've had some positive yards outside, you ram that thing inside. I think one of the biggest ways to attack the Niners defense, you got to cut the head off. And to me, the head of this defense is Fred Warner. Run right at him. Run right at him. Traps, power, get on him immediately. Even when you don't have any gains, you make sure somebody got it, got some hands on him. Even when you're zero yard game, don't matter. Did we hit? Did we hit Warner? Did we get some hands on him? You make him feel you. As good as Warner is, this defense is very opportunistic. Everything ro- everything flows together. When everything is going good, when their D-line is getting pass rush, when they're getting upfield, it allows their backers to run as well. If you're able to get these trap blocks up to Warner, if you're able to get hands on him and he can't flow and the linebackers can't flow, all of a sudden their defense, that team speed on defense is going to decrease. You got to make sure you get to that second level on them. The traps, the powers, the duo blocks. Make sure you're touching them. Make sure you're not allowing Fred Warner and company to flow freely. And I'm going to tell you right now, as good as Warner is, he's not made to take on blocks. He's, he's a little smaller. You'll see a lot of times he'll try to like run around a block. He'll try to cheat a block, and that's exactly what you want because you just wipe them out. So... That's probably my biggest takeaway from Dallas. I'm going to attack Warner. Because if you ever watch their defense play, he is the head of this defense. Now, the Cowboys don't typically run screens a lot. They're not good at running screens. But if they can, now's the time. Because once again, the Niners defense loves to pursue going in one direction. You have to hit the Niners defense with some misdirection, some motions. You have to use their aggressiveness against them. If I was the Cowboys, first play, I'm running a play action boot myself or some sort of screen 
or some side of manipulation on one side of the field because the Niners, they're going to run what they run. They're going to do what they do. They're very confident in what they do. So they're not the team that you're going to have to worry about fooling you. What you've watched on film the last few weeks, what they put out on tape, that's what they're going to do. So you use their aggressiveness against them with misdirection, with screens, with play action. So Dallas, you attack their seams of their defense, meaning the safeties, the linebackers, those zones that they play. You know, they run that cover three, which means you got two backers inside that have to get a good amount of depth, which the Niners do a great job of. A lot of times they're not going to respect crossers and the eye candy that that comes in front of them because they're confident in their speed to rally and tackle short of the sticks. You attack those seams. You make Fred Warner turn his hips and run and you start working off of that. Once again, they're going to do what they what they do. They run cover three. They're they, on third down. Their defense loves to get in a sub package with multiple DNs on the field. They love to put Bosa and Drake Jackson or Charles Amenahu on the same side. And with these stunts, they run back inside every time. Anytime you, you, you're going to see on third down, they're going to come out with Bosa and Amenahu or Bosa Ebicam or Bosa Drake Jackson. And they're running a stunt. And it's for Bosa to crash inside and the other guy to come off his ass. Now, if Dallas, if you're in third and two, three, four, I wouldn't go third and five. But you're even in third and four, even if you don't get it. When I see those damn ends come on the field, once again, it's like a, a how dare you thing because you're so small inside. If I'm Dak, I would immediately check to run right at them because you have two defensive ends. You got to think about it. A lot of times they run it off of their left side, which would be Dallas's right side. So you have Tyron Smith, Zach Martin, two Hall of Famers here. How dare you throw some ends out there? How dare you throw some defensive ends out there light in the ass? We're going to run right at you. And like I said, even if you don't get it, that's fine. But once again, there's a game within the game. So the next time it's third and short, I guarantee you they're going to think twice again before they put those ends out there and do that little stunt because they now have to respect the fact that you may be able to run. So they're opportunistic in those situations. You got to watch film. You got to realize what they're trying to do here on third down. And you want to attack them. You want to attack Hufunga. Hufunga comes off the slot blitzing a lot too. You throw it right where he comes from. It may get batted down. You have to have these hot, these hot reads, whether it's a bubble, whether it's, you know, a flat route. You have to attack Hufunga when he's coming off that edge. In closing, look, if, if Dak is able to play how he played last week, if Mike is able to play how he played last week and this turns into a game, I'm going to tell you right now, my pick is Dallas because you got to remember who, who has the better quarterback. You know, I know mass media is out here telling you, how amazing Purdy is. And, oh, he's so wonderful. He's just magnificent. The guy's played eight games now, which I'm not taking anything from him. But if if you even switch positions, you make Dak the Niners quarterback. You make Purdy the Cowboys quarterback. You tell me. You tell me if you get the same results because there's no way in hell. Kyle Shanahan is a genius. Purdy, very good. 
And he's going to be very good. I think he's going to be the starting quarterback for the Niners going forward. Grow pains, though. Growing pains. He's still a rook at the end of the day. You know, he's, he's clever. He's moxie and all that. But there are certain things this, this kid hasn't seen. There's certain pressure he has not felt. All year, they haven't felt that pressure, that, that team speed on defense, that need to chase points. They haven't felt it. And if they have, if, if that happens in this game, if there becomes a point where it becomes a two-possession game or even a seven-point game, I think we're going to see a little crack in the armor of this, of this Niners team. I think we're already going to see it in, in the defense, you know, because people don't realize how susceptible their secondary is. I mean, their best corner that we thought was the strength of their secondary got exposed last week. I'd be running the same stuff. So at the end of the day, if Dak can play how he played last week, if Micah can play how he played last week, I got the Cowboys winning. Now, if Dak turns the ball over, if there's some type of strip sack fumble, if Dallas, one of Dallas is they're really thin at the O-line position, if they get an injury or something, it's going to be very tough for them to win. Cowboys cannot stop the 49ers run game. The game will be over. If, if I'm Dallas and I win that toss, give me the ball. Because what's going on here is... It's it's a bully. It this is for for the Cowboys, the Niners are the bully and they've been the bully to you since last year. And you got to go get your money back, man. You got to go pop them in the mouth and you got to go stand up to them. If the Cowboys win the toss, you take that ball and you go straight down there and you score. Even if it's 3. Even if it's 3 because you have to affect the game plan that the Niners have set out to play the game. They're, once again, they're not a team who's who has a drop back pass game. I'm sure, like honestly, I don't even think they practice that that much. Obviously, they practice it. What I'm saying is that's not in the scheme of their team. You know, Jawan Jennings, Brandon Ayuk. You know, we know Debo's the slot. We know he runs the crossers and all that, the underneath stuff. You gonna tell me Brandon Ayuk and Jawan Jennings are gonna beat you? There's no way. There's no way I there's no way Purdy outplays Dak unless the Cowboys can't stop the run. And if I'm the Cowboys early on, like I said, you stack that box, you have to know what are the Niners' favorite runs and then what's their plan B's off of that, meaning what do they run off of that? The play action boots, where's their hots, where's their screens? You nullify all that and you have a great chance to win this game. Now one thing I haven't talked about, Cowboys kicker situation. It's horrible. The guy missed five straight point afters last week. I mean, goodness, great. That's probably the worst in history. We've been playing football 100 years. It's probably the worst in history, right? So if I'm the Cowboys, I'll, I'll give Maher one shot at it to kick. If he makes it, cool. The minute he misses one, we're going for two every time. We're going for two every time because you cannot afford – to leave it in this guy's hands. It's win or go home. So it'll be interesting to see between Dan Quinn and Kyle Shanahan, very familiar with each other. Obviously, when Dan Quinn went to the Super Bowl in the Falcons, Kyle Shanahan was his offensive coordinator. So it'll be very interesting to see how Dan plays him. You know, he played him last year as well. So We'll see if there's anything that either team has been holding back. I love the fact that Israel 
Mukwamu got to play last week for Dallas. He's a really lengthy, long player. I'd put him on Debo. I'd put him on Debo, not for tackling reasons, because I don't think he could really tackle Debo. The guy is pretty skinny, but he's very long. He's very athletic. And on all those in-breaking routes, those slants, those drags, that quick stuff, Israel, he'll be right on him. The length, it makes it so much harder. For Purdy, you have to be accurate, you know? Mukwamu's always going to get a hand in there. I think he's I think he's a key to the victory as well as Micah is, but they, they got to stop the run. And I think Dallas is going to play the run better than people think. They may, they may very well drop the ball, you know, and it, it looks like last year. But even considering last year, guys, you have to realize, even considering last year, what was it, a, a one-possession game at the end of the game? Like, I know the Niners ran all over them and all that. Cowboys still had a shot to take this to overtime on that last play of the game, and they damn near did it. You know, I think Dak's going to show who he is as a quarterback. You know, he could either be a middle of the pack quarterback or he's going to show us here. You know, he's real deal because all we've heard all year is about this Niners defense, about this Niners team, about how physical they are, about how good they are. If Dak pulls this out, you, you can't say much, man. You can't say much more because he just took out your king on defense in the league. Now, last nugget I'm going to leave you guys with. Last year in the wild card round, Dallas versus the Niners. One of the most impactful players, one of the biggest reasons why Dallas couldn't get it going on offense, DJ Jones. He's a nose tackle. Look him up. Hell of a player. He now plays for the Broncos. He's no longer there. I mean, he was blowing Connor Williams back, dropping him into Dak's lap. He literally wrecked the game. One of the biggest reasons why Dallas wasn't efficient on offense. I know everyone wants to act like Dak just sucks. Like the the, the cover two thing really, they found out how to stop Dak, which that, that plays a part. But DJ Jones was a intricate part in that game plan. He's not there anymore. Now, Eric Armstead, hell of a player. A beast, huge player, great length. He's going to have an effect on the game as well. But I think they're going to miss DJ Jones here, man, especially in the run game, because behind Eric Armstead is Javon Kinlaw, who he's a first round pick. They drafted three years ago. Really good player. Can never stay healthy. He's light in the ass. I think they can run it right on that guy. Behind that, you know, I don't I don't know what they have at D tackle. I think they're going to be a little bit more susceptible to the run. Then we think, like I said, they gave up 140 last year. I mean, last week to the Seahawks or it was 104. I'm sorry. They gave up 140 to the Raiders. I'm telling you, man, I'm telling you, the Niners are really good. It takes a lot to win 11 straight games. I just don't know how much the Niners have been tested since Purdy has been at the helm. It's been a Gonzaga like schedule. Shout out to my man, Michael Labardi. I just don't know. I'm I'm curious to see. I'm curious to see some pressure put on this kid, Purdy. And let's see what this offense looks like. I got Dallas winning this thing. Now, if the Niners run it, like I say, it's going to be a piece of cake if they're able to run their offense and do what they do. But if Dallas can get a turnover, man, it's going to be tough for San Francisco. Because I think Dak's playing well. I think he's going to play well. So catch you guys. Maybe tomorrow, break down some of these other playoff games. I did want to just slide this one in there. This is going to be a great matchup be- between the Cowboys and Niners. 
subscribe 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 to this podcast so you guys are notified when i drop another one i'm gonna be doing a lot of content for the off season for the draft for the incoming college players you know for your favorite teams that aren't in the playoffs right now or maybe they will be so i'm gonna holla at y'all till next time peace